You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Seven Footers crew, what is happening? Gerard and Jenna here. You know what it is. If you see tears in my eyes, they are funny tears of joy because Gerard and I were just going back and forth. Basically, oh, I'm going to start God. paying Gerard for free therapy sessions because yeah, he listens yeah. to my bullshit. Life advice. This is what we do Literally. here. You know, I'm trying to trying to help you out. Trying to trying to help the youth of the world. You know, with my experience and knowledge, I'm trying to help you out. You know. You are the best, my friend, always guiding me down the best path and away from destruction, which is what I used to be like. Yes, true. So many yes, years have passed. Yes, you, you, you often choose destruction. That's often, yes. So The growth is immense, though. It is. It's incredible growth. Incredible. What a beautiful time. A testament to our relationship. I'll start writing the book next week. I love it. Love it. So let's talk about um, nothing going on in the association. It's completely mm. boring. Nothing is happening. It's mm-hmm. so terrible. We should just throw the towel into the season. Well, some people maybe. Let's start where? In Brooklyn. Not Always. too far. Yeah. Gerard, your boys in Brooklyn are so wilding out here. It's because just, we had something. the return of Kyrie. Mm-hmm. The Nets won. Okay, Mm -hmm. great. He apologized. He Mm -hmm. let out another apology for, again, this entire situation of his anti-Semitic like Mm -hmm. posts on social Mm -hmm. media. Again, served that suspension, checkmarked all of the requirements, the six that the Nets had him do to prepare for his return, including meeting with different leaders and important people of the Jewish community. And he came back and said that now – we can move forward with the rest of the season. Can they truly move forward? Oh, and then asked when he was going to file a grievance in the future for his suspension. He said he would leave it up to his legal team. He didn't speak on that too much, thank God, because you never know what's going to come out of his mouth, apparently. But, I mean, what's the deal here? Again, Nets got to win, but, you know. It it, it it was such a strange scene because I was at this game. This was um, Sunday against the Memphis Grizzlies, shorthanded Grizzlies. Um, no John Morant, no oh, Desmond Bain, no uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, Grizzlies actually made that a game, and then the Nets pulled away in the fourth. Look, the post game was the most strange thing, right? Because the new head of the MBPA was there, Kyrie's stepmom was there, and it was just a very much a, you know, running in and out of the, the press conference room, coming back in, out, back, back in. And just the whole way it went down was just strange. It only lasted four questions. There are media members who want, who are seemingly trying to get Kyrie to be like, hey, you, but you still haven't disavowed the movie entirely. You said there are things that you don't agree with it, but a lot of that movie is wrong. So what parts do you agree with it and what, right? 
And I don't know if that's an exercise that's like worth even getting into. Here's my thing, Jenna. Okay, Kyrie made his apologies to the satisfaction of the Nets. Um, the guidelines they handed out. He apologized multiple times to the media that morning, again that that afternoon. He did that interview with Ian Begley on SNY, right? So did all that. Here's what I want to know. How long before the next thing he does that's going to cause an issue? This is what I'm waiting for because every year that he's been a member of the Brooklyn Nets, it has been something. Jenna, what did I say to you at the beginning of this season? I said, would you bet your life on the fact that Kyrie's going to be able to play this whole season without anything going on? You did. Sure enough, it didn't take long, right? We were barely two weeks into the season. This dude's already doing something. Again, what are the chances that from now till the end of the season, nothing happens with this dude? I'm going to say slim to none, right? Something is going to, it's going to be something. And I'm just waiting. And if that's the case, if something again happens that causes controversy and issue, what have you, when do the Nets just say, you know what? Just forget it, bro. Stay home. We're waving you. We want you nowhere near here. Well, right now, I mean, I feel like the Nets are playing without my pun, a safety net, because I basically, if you think, you know, I mean, they're just banking on him not doing anything at this point. I mean, unless they have some silent agreement that says, you know, you, you're really like on a performance plan here of some sorts, you know what I mean? But to our knowledge, that doesn't exist. So until, like you said, the next thing happens, it's like, you know, if, and when that time comes, that's going to be a bigger decision than any of this. Cause it's like, do you keep him or do you not at this point? But then again, again, he's in a contract year. So they might I mean, not even have to come to that point yet. Jenna, you, you, you know where I'm at with this. I, I, the team should blow this up already. I, I've been saying it. Oh Look, yeah. You're not about the vibes here. The reality of it is, is that Kyrie is not going to resign with this team. Anyway, they made that clear. They didn't put an extension on the table for him. Right. Like every year he's been here, it has been something. Yes, we know about his talent, his skill level, all that is immense. But the baggage he brings with that is not worth it. And let's also be frank. Kyrie is not a winning basketball player. Outside of the time he spent with LeBron James, when has Kyrie contributed to winning basketball? The Boston Celtics were better when Kyrie was hurt. And we saw they went to the finals without him, right? Like last year. So again, it's just at some point you have to be like, oh, man, this just ain't worth it for us. Now, of course, as the Nets, what you worry about is he's going to leave him for agency and he walks away with nothing and we have nothing to return for him. But again, as I've said in the past, there is such a thing as addition by subtraction. Yeah, he may go and you get nothing back in return. But guess what? Your work environment so much better, right? Because you don't have to worry about this dude causing problems. Big facts. We shall see, though, what happens there again. And then there was, uh, you know, supporters, crowds of supporters outside mm-hmm. for him, too. And he was asked about that as well. And he said he wanted to. Uh, what did right. I see? Focus on basketball and not focus on basketball. That. And it's just, again, the reason it's not Kyrie's. Kyrie shouldn't have to answer for every time somebody in this group, by the way, this sect of black Hebrew Israelites, uh, Israel United in Christ. They are designated as a hate group by the Southern, Southern Poverty Law Center. Kyrie shouldn't have to answer for every time somebody does something. However, the reason they are there is because of you. Your promotion of that movie, which you still have yet to disavow in its entirety, allows for people, these groups, 
like Israel United in Christ, to come out and do their thing, right? And again, if you're the Nets, why do we want to deal with this? Why? Do you, do you somehow think you're going to be good? And like, this team is not winning a championship this year. Like, let's be clear about that. They're not. It is not happening. Let uh, Ben rehab his image, which he's playing better, by the way, and we'll get to that. We know who Kevin Durant is. Make those trades, send Kyrie home, and rebuild for the future. All right. That's all she wrote for the Nets because uh, let's talk about how the Brooklyn Nets are going to be playing the Philadelphia 76ers Mm -hmm. on Tuesday. Tonight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In Philly, Ben Simmons' return. It's all I've been seeing all day. Is this going to be the most polarizing return for a player since ever? And blah, 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 blah. Well, he's playing great right now, shooting, what, 85% mm-hmm. from the free yeah. throw line? Last, three, uh, what did I read? Yeah, yeah. He, last game, he was uh, 11 or 13 from the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. 22 points in a win against the Grizzlies, uh, aggressive on both ends of the floor, really showing kind of some old tricks of, you know, how we used to see the old Ben Simmons play. I hate to say the old Ben Simmons, no, but you know no, what I mean. No. But again, he's been on a little media tour this week, of course, being prodded and poked about the return to Philly. And he's been poised. He's been good. If anything, this is textbook exactly incredible of how he should be handling it. And, uh, you know, even uh, gave some nice words about Joel Embiid in the press, wished him well, said they had some good times together. You know, not everybody's super close, all that. I'm paraphrasing. Mm -hmm. But... You know, what are your thoughts on this return? Is this just a little blip on the radar? Is this like real deal? Ben Simmons is back. You know, what do you think is going on here? So a couple of things here. First, when someone is off of basketball for 18 months, they're not going to show up on day one and be who they were at peak form. Like, I just don't, the the idea that fans don't understand, and it's just like, Think about your own life. When you don't do something for a long time and then you do it in 18 months and you all of a sudden pick it back up, you're not great at it. I wonder why that is because you don't have the reference points and the reps. When you were injured like he was and dealing with the mental health stuff, he was not getting NBA basketball reps. And back surgery out of all injuries. Right. So you're rehabbing physically. You're doing nothing basketball related. It's like learning to walk again. You ain't going from zero to 60 in game one. It's going to take time. And you're seeing it's getting progressively better and better and better. Now, I think he's handling it the right way. He's saying all the right things. I think he's in a good frame of mind and mind space. You know, obviously I'm at the games and I I hear him in these these answers that he gives. Mm -hmm. And Jenna, he seems to really be working well with someone, um, uh, either a professional therapist and really focusing on what he can control and day to day. He's not looking too far ahead into the future. What's going to happen? Building upon the positive momentum that he has and taking baby steps and getting better and better and better. The idea is that he regains to who he is by the end of the season as they head towards the playoffs. Because if he's that person, then now we're in a different place, right? Now this team is talking about, ooh, we're pretty good. He has been playing much, much better um, in in, uh, Portland. The Blazers went to hack a bench strategy. He knocked down three out of four free throws. Like all those things are happening. Now, as it relates to Philly tonight, it will be an uber hostile environment. Much like when LeBron returned to Cleveland for the first time, much like when Kevin Durant returned to Oklahoma City for the first time. 
It's going to be loud. It's going to be, they're going to say all kinds of disgusting, nasty, vile things to and about him. That is the reality <laughs> of the situation. Ben will have to lean on his teammates, right? And get insular and support and protect. Now, here's the thing, the advantage he has going for him. The Sixers are going to be without Joel Embiid, without James Harden, and without Tyrese Maxey. That is a wonderful recipe for success, right? The Nets should win that game. Listen, you can say whatever you want. The Sixers aren't whole. It's not a real win, whatever. Listen, you play whoever's in front of you in whatever condition they're in. That's how this works. Everyone deals with injuries, guys, in and out of the lineup. The Nets didn't have Kyrie for eight games, right? I mean, this is this is how it goes, okay? So it's a perfect opportunity with a team that's down its three top guys for the Nets to go in there and make a statement and for Ben to go in there, play the aggressive way he's been playing. Don't play outside of himself or do anything extra because it's Philly. Continue, as he said, to build on the momentum he has of been playing and continue to play well and build and be aggressive on offense and defense. He does that. Kevin and Kyrie and the rest of the guys do their thing. This should be a Nets win, and Ben can walk out of there feeling happy. Facts. And I mean, you know, going back to the environment, out of all places, Philadelphia. Everybody knows Philadelphia is tough, really tough. You've heard like other superstars say that they hate to play in Philly because of how intense the environment is. So, you know, good luck to him. I hope it's really not, you know, I hope people are controlled. You know, you know how these people I mean, can but, be. But, but they and, won't and I don't be. mean they, Philly and fans in general. Oh, all yeah, I hope they don't like jump out of it. Yeah, I hope no one, look, boo, heckle, whatever. Do not leave your seat. Try to get into like throw shit. Like stop. Like it's just, it's like, that's why I say like, this is a sporting event. Like what? Like really? Right. Like calm the fuck. Like the the idea is Kevin Durant said this numerous times. A grown man going to a game to heckle another grown man at work is asinine and stupid. I agree. When it you say it like that, it's hilarious. Like, think about it. Right? It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. It says more about you and your life than it does about the person you're heckling. Clearly, right? That, that's what. That's right. About. And I don't it's, want anybody in my mentions. I get it, but it's fandom. Yeah, fine. Goodbye. You can be a, yeah. you can be a fan. But you can also be a normal human being as well, right? Two things can exist at, one, at both. Exactly. And last note on Philly, uh, those injuries to their key players, mm -hmm. uh, they're no joke a little bit. What do you got? Foot fractures, foot sprains. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. talk about the injury bug, and that's Listen, no shocker in Philly. This is this is, this is is the NBA, right? I mean, you're going 82-game season. This is going to happen. Guys are going to get injured. Teams are going to be dealing with it. We just talked about Memphis, how they were down all their guys on Sunday in Brooklyn. Like, this is just the reality of the situation. And you don't make any apologies because every team goes through it. No one was crying for the Nets when they were missing all their guys last year and the year. It, it is what it is. You just deal with it and you play whoever's available. You play and you do your best to get a win and move on. That's it. Onward and upward. Let's talk about uh, something that I cannot believe I'm about to say out loud, but are the Kings a vibe? Because it looks like it. I mean, I can't believe what I'm about to say. They've won their last six straight games and their fifth in the West. The West. What the? What's yeah. going on here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, even Kevin Durant's coming out here saying Kevin Herter's playing like Clay and Steph. Two future Hall of Famers. He's huh? shooting. He's shooting the piss out of the ball. No, listen. I what look, the look, hell? The Sacramento Kings have the number two offense, uh, uh, offense and adjusted offensive rating in the NBA. Number two. Now their defense is twenty eighth. So they, they need to get better at that. But they are scoring the ball. Jenna, De'Aaron Fox is a nightmare. He's getting downhill, <laughs> scoring at the rim. Happy. Uh, Kevin Herter hitting threes. Keegan Murray, rookie. Demontis Sabonis. I mean. 
beat Rashawn Holmes off the bench. I mean, they are they got guys that can just fill it up, and they're playing with pace. Mike Brown is getting there, racing to the corners and just filling up, filling up shots. Harrison Barnes. I mean, look, that's a tough team to play, and the way they're shooting right now, you don't want no part of that. Look, Jenna, we have to officially move them. They are no longer a dumpster fire. They are that label has been taken off of the Sacramento Kings. They are no longer a dumpster fire team. Mike Brown has got this team playing hard. We saw them last week on um, TNT. They put up 150-something points in the Nets on national TV, right? I mean, they shot the ball extremely well that night. Like, everybody was scoring. And when you play with that pace and you're able to score inside, outside, and Malik Monk off the bench, I mean, it's just everywhere they turn, they got someone who could fill it up. Um, They're a tough team to play offensively. Now, I, I, I do believe, Jenna, they'll make the playoffs this year. Um, you know, the challenge, of course, is going to be, can they defend? But no need to look ahead. Sacramento Kings haven't made the playoffs in like 20 years. So I want the Kings fans to be happy right now. Love the product. They're what enjoy. Have a great time. This look, you fans have suffered a long time. It is finally exciting to see good things up in Sacramento. I'm rooting for Mike Brown to do a good job there and turn that team around because it'll be fun if Sacramento is a really good team. Facts. Mike Brown, that's one of the best things to ever happen to Sacramento. And, you know, not giving any, not, not giving credit to the roster because it's, you know, they're putting in work. But this is a prime example. And I love when we see these kinds of things of coaching, specific coaching making a difference. So mm-hmm. love that. Love what's going on there. Can't believe it. They are a vibe, but they are. Mike and Rex let's on. talk about another surprising thing in the West, the Jazz. They're number mm-hmm. one in the West after trading away all their stars. Everybody mm-hmm. thought they were going to tank this season, including yours truly. Mm-hmm. And here they are. And now they're reportedly interested in trading for John Collins. So do you see a future deal with the Hawks happening? I mean, it could be. Look, John Collins has been mentioned in trade rumors i feel like since he got in the nba like john collins has always been available Literally. Um, <laughs> you know as i said last week jenna organizations may want to tank players don't want to do that no. they don't want to come to work and lose every night like that like, that's the, not fun the, the thing that people don't understand like this is work for these people so imagine going into your work every day and whatever the equivalent of losing is you're losing every day you go to work that sounds like a miserable place to be. Mm. I wouldn't want to be in a place like that. So why would these players be? And again, these are the most competitive people in the world. They want to win. Now, the organization and the team may not be good enough. They may not have, may not have the right talent and different factors. But the players want to compete hard and win. So, look, kudos to the Jazz for doing their thing. Um, you know, Laurie Markkinen, we talked about it last week, is playing well. It'll be interesting to see what Danny does here. I don't know. I mean, look, when you trade away Gobert and Mitchell – that suggests you want to do a full teardown and a rebuild. And we'll see what Danny does come December and January in the trade deadline. If all of a sudden guys get moved and, you know, all of a sudden they're playing a bunch of rookies and young guys who aren't very good and they start losing a bunch of games, then, you know, all right, this is Danny wanted to tank all along, get assets or whatever. But kudos to the jazz right now, who are guys who are on the floor, Mike Conley, everybody playing hard and playing well. Heck yeah. You love to see it. I like when teams shock us like this. We have things to be extremely surprised about. And then you get to see teams who you thought were number one just get dethroned a little bit or humbled. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about a different situation Mm -hmm. on the court, but not about the game. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo yeah. and Montrezl Harrell. Um, this was interesting. The video footage, of course, was viral on Twitter, everything. This happened at Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. And apparently there's two sides to this story. Giannis says that, you know, he was, well, after a historically terribly mm-hmm. poor mm-hmm. Uh, night at the line, he, after the game, went to shoot some buckets, you know, get that practice in mm-hmm. in Wells mm-hmm. Fargo. And he apparently, you know, was stopped. Uh, Harold took the ball from him. There was a ladder that was knocked over because he attempted to move it. He mm-hmm. apparently mm-hmm. exchanged some words with the Wells Fargo Mm-hmm, employee mm-hmm. that was trying to change the court of some sort mm-hmm. and then harold comes out on twitter and says you know get the real story mm-hmm, he um mm-hmm. i asked him for the ball he ignored me bah, bah, bah. a whole situation he said she said kind of stuff it, what's the deal here is this disrespectful is it blown out of proportion what the heck so, went down here because we know that Giannis, you know isn't really this kind of guy you know so, here, so, so here's what happens and let me let fans into a little behind the curtains here love it so Giannis, as you mentioned, bad night shooting from the free throw line, four of 15, one to work on his game. He was on the road in Philadelphia. Now, oftentimes when players want to get in work after the game, they don't do it on the court. There is a practice court within the building, the arena, and they go to that place and they do the work that they're doing. Now, I don't know why Giannis or Trez weren't on the practice court, perhaps because maybe there isn't a practice court inside the Wells Fargo Center. Okay, that's number one. Giannis is shooting his free throws with his assistant coaches. Trez comes out, takes the ball, and doesn't give it back. So Trez already is starting to be petty from the jump. Okay? Petty. Just being petty for no reason. Because here's the thing, Jenna. Trez went down to the other end of the floor and was getting his work in. So he was just being petty. Yeah. He wanted Giannis to not be on the basket that he wanted to go on. Right? This, this is the idiotic thing that these guys do. Okay. So Giannis goes back to the locker room somewhere, gets two more balls, comes back out. But by the time he comes back out, the arena staff is taking down the score, the, the shot clock off the basket. And, you know, so people who don't know, again, fans, that stuff doesn't stay up all night. They take it all down. And right. That's, that's part of the work the arena players do. There's a ladder in the way. Giannis wanted to get his free throws in. He moves the ladder out of the way. The guy pushes it back. Giannis already frustrated because of what Trez did, pushes the ladder out of the way. So in this scenario, folks, multiple things can be true. Trez was petty and wrong to do that, right? Giannis just wanted to finish his free throws, get a couple more in and be done. Giannis, already frustrated. Okay, I get you're frustrated at Trez. You don't need to take out your frustrations on an arena worker, right? Who's just trying to do their job, right? Yeah. So it's just all around, it was just stupid, much ado about nothing, but it's Trez being petty and Giannis visibly frustrated, not able to control his emotions in that setting. Couldn't agree more. But yeah, definitely agree. Harold was being mad petty. Like, just, come on. Just, like, just there's stupid. no point. It's just like, dumb. It's just being stupid about it. Like, you know, so dumb. You know. Exactly. And as somebody who works in arena type of staff, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. respect the arena workers. Yeah, they put for in sure. hard work. They yeah. take that court down, everything they clean. Like, and they ain't getting paid a lot for that work. Okay. And you see what time these games end. They want to get home to their families too. All right. right. So, you know. Big facts. All right. Let's talk about more uh, interesting things happening, but we're going to switch over and go to the East. Talk about number one, the Celtics. Mm. Number one in the East. The season isn't turning out to be a dumpster fire after their coaching fallout with Ime Udoka. So, I mean, rate the coaching for me at this point in the season and talk to me about this uh, Celtics squad. Are they going to make it back? Are they going to run this back? I mean, Joe Mazzula is – 
Joe Mazzola is playing well, um, uh, coaching well, excuse me. Um, and look, when you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, <laughs> that's a pretty good way to win games. Okay. You basically have two all NBA wings, um, you know, so it is what it is. A shout out to our guy, Thomas Manazero, who is, who is in the chat. Your French guy is here as always. Hope you two were fine. Thank you so much, Thomas. Um, it, so it's, you know, look, it is what it is. Missoula's doing well. The Celtics have, as a team, moved on. Look, Jenna, we always talk about this. The team that loses in the finals the previous season, they're the ones who feel like, damn, we let a chance slip because it, and the Celtics, they were up 2-0, right? You don't know if you're ever going to make it back again. There is no guarantee. This idea that, oh, no problem, we back. You don't know that? So when you get there, you must savor the moment. And the Celtics are clearly looking at this like, we blew a golden opportunity. Let's get back and not blow it this year. So early up, they're playing well, playing excellent offensively right now. Again, when you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, really hard to mess that up. Yeah, I mean, two key players right there. I have faith in them. Again, uh, we'll see how if they can sustain this. Consistency is key. But um, let's move on and talk about my guy LeBron James missing his fifth consecutive game due to a groin injury. We know he's dealt with this type of injury in the past. We are praying he's okay, King James. I think you're praying. (laughs) Number 13 in the West, below OKC. I have to shut my eyes because I can't look at the look on your face. (laughs) So sad. Look, Jenna, it's the the Lakers are actually playing a little bit better right now. Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves. Anthony Davis is the key. He is playing well on both ends of the floor. Look, if this team is going to do anything, and by anything I mean possibly make the playoffs, they need LeBron and AD both to be healthy and engaged with this team. We'll see. And when if LeBron's going to come back and what he's going to do, and Jenna, look, it, it, we talk about injuries all the time. The best predictor of future injury is previous injury. LeBron's hurt this growing multiple times already. This isn't it, it, the idea that he's going to come back and going to be fine all season. Nothing's going to go wrong. Like probably not going to happen. This is year twenty for this man or whatever nineteen. Like, it, it, look, this is this is the reality of the situation. This is where they are right now as an organization. Um, Russ is playing well off the bench, leading the second unit. Like, look. I'm not saying that they're done and cooked and ready to bury them yet, but they need a lot of things to change. The good news is in the Western Conference, nobody's running away with it, right? The Suns aren't the juggernaut they were last year. The Jazz aren't running away with this. The Warriors are struggling. No one is Memphis, uh, Denver, all these teams. No One game or two games separates like first place from like ninth place. Yeah. So it, it, it so that's the good news the Lakers have is that no one has run away and hide in this division. So or in, in this conference. So look, LeBron gets back and he's healthy. AD continues to play. They show their investment in this team. We can see this thing turn around. But absent that, this is just what it is. Sad times in LA. It's okay. <laughs> All right, we'll bounce back. We'll just go to Cleveland. It's fine. <laughs> you know, just ride that bandwagon. It's fine. It's fine. All right, guys, that is all we have time for today. Keep up with us every single week. We're giving you that quick bite-size recap of the NBA news every week. Tell them where they can find us, Gerard. As always, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all that. We're at 7 Footers Pod on Twitter, at 7 Footers Podcast on Instagram. We'll see how long Twitter lasts. We are on Instagram as well. Uh, We're at JS Hector, at Jenna Lemoncelli, and 
until next time everybody listen have a good thanksgiving you know do your yeah. thing enjoy enjoy your time with your family and we will see you all next week Bye.